Hello, everyone. You are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall, and as always, I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce. We are live at Rivers Casino in Philadelphia. Joe, the Flyers are in the middle of a long seven-game homestand, and they're definitely getting a long look at some of their younger players, evaluating who's going to be here next year, who isn't. And one guy I think everyone's starting to believe is a piece to this puzzle moving forward is Owen Tippett. He has continually rise. Uh, he's he's had a steady rise here uh, this season. He's having a career year, a breakout year, a hat trick over the weekend against the Sabres and a win, two more assists against the Hurricanes and a gut-wrenching 5-4 overtime loss. What have you seen from Tippett and are you starting to be more and more impressed by this kid? Yeah, he seems to be developing that power forward game, which I think was the big question when the Flyers got him in the Giroux trade was, could he be that? I don't think anybody expected this uh, from him when they got him for Giroux. Um, But what we've seen is uh, willingness to drive the net at times. In fact, most of the time recent in recent games, the most noticeable player on the ice for the Flyers, Um, the speed and the willingness and ability to shoot the puck from anywhere in the offensive zone and score. So, um, these are all things that are valuable going forward. This is a young player. And again, for all the heat that Chuck Fletcher took near the end of his tenure, and I'm not suggesting it's not rightfully so, but that is a that is a trade that I don't think anyone expected to have this sort of um, result because the Flyers were pigeonholed into trading Giroux to Florida Uh, And it was kind of like the cards were on the table. And at the time, it was almost presented like this is what they settled for, for Drew. And now I think it's, I mean, Drew's having a good season, but I would say it's clear that they've got a valuable piece from this deal. And that's not even to address the draft pick they got additionally. Justin Tippett, they've gotten a valuable piece here of the future going forward because he certainly looks like a top six player uh, top six forward, if not a top a top line forward, um, the way he's playing recently, and you just see, and the thing with him is, what what I think makes you think makes you give would give you confidence that it's not a fluke or a sort of a guy just getting hot is that he continues to get better. He went through that lull in the middle of the season where he didn't score for a while, but then he he's come out of that and he's come out of it even stronger than he was before, and this is with. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. The Flyers not doing as well offensively as they were when he was scoring earlier in the season. That was when the Flyers were playing well. Um, So to me, the guy that the fact that the guy can create offense on his own um, when Konechny's not in the lineup, that's pretty much the only guy on out of the forwards that can create their own offense. And he does so with his speed and his and his shot. And we've seen all of that on display. And then, of course, Saturday, we see his playmaking ability to set up others. And, you know, that's um, you're really seeing the whole package now. So I think they have a valuable piece here. 
with young players, you often see them be really noticeable and then they go through a stretch where you don't notice them and you're like, okay, where was that player again? You're starting to notice him as one of the best players on the ice every single night for the Flyers, which is huge. And the thing that has really stood out to me, Joe, is I thought he was going to be a cop. I think myself and many others thought, okay, what could he be? He could be a complimentary player, a guy that needs, you know, a center to really make things happen for him. And he would be a finisher and maybe score 20 goals. To me, he's driving lines now. Like he's the guy that's driving his line. He's the one that's making things happen um, to the point where he doesn't need to play with a certain center or a certain line to, to be noticeable. Like he's the guy that's, He's the guy that's making things happen. He's the one that's um, looking at the best offensive player on the ice for the Flyers. So that, to me, has totally opened my eyes because I wasn't sure we were going to see that this season. Uh, yeah, the expectation I mean, was really third-line player, maybe, that could score 20. Yeah, like if you were to envision, and, and it's it, it's a little bit tough to do that right now given where the Flyers are in the standings and the season and so forth, but if you were to envision a late-game situation where the Flyers are down a goal, and you would say, okay, let's start double shifting our best player. Owen Tibbetts, the first name. I don't think it's debatable. Um, now, Konechny hasn't been in the lineup, so we haven't been talking about Konechny. But I think Tippett and Konechny are the guys that you would rely on in a situation that is not really one that presents itself to the Flyers right now. But to me, that's a guy you would double shift because he seems to be making things happen every time he's on the ice. And I don't know when the last time we've talked about somebody on this team, not named Konechny, that was doing that. Yeah, indeed. And Tippett, before this year, did not have one career multi-goal game. Uh, he's got three now, including a hat trick, uh, just looking like a force at times. And it would be one thing if the Flyers were winning and he was in an environment where uh, that like per- is perfectly suited for him and but right now, like the team is struggling to score. It's going through a major transition. It's starting to play more and more younger players where there's not much cohesiveness or chemistry. And like he's still standing out. Uh, he's not, you know, he's not getting buried by the environment. He's he's standing out, which I just I think it has to, it, it's making himself look if, if you're wondering if there's any keepers or untouchables. He's starting to look like one. Um, I don't think the Flyers are really going to rule out listening on anything moving forward, but. If there's maybe an untouchable list, uh, he would have to be atop it. Yeah, and and it, what's interesting about it, too, is he's taken this leap in his game by going into a worse situation. Now, when he was with Florida, he's not playing top six minutes. He's not playing with top six players because that team was loaded last year. But it's rare to see the guy, a young player take a leap by going way down in competition in terms of the team. So I think that's something you can also take hold of. Like, what is this guy going to be when there are guys around him? When the lineup is kind of when he goes out there and it's the same line he's playing with every game and it's the same guys and the deep pairs. And, you know, when his I'm not saying his role isn't solidified, but I'm saying role in terms of where he's playing in the lineup and who he's playing with. How much better can he actually get when there's some consistency with the whole team? Because he hasn't really experienced that in his career yet. I mean, a little bit earlier this season, but not really. Yeah. So that's another thing that we will, you know, you want to start seeing next season. Um, hopefully, even though what Danny Briere said last week about next year and possibly the year after um, when he told Ashland the other night before 
um, uh, in Flyers pregame live. Not exactly what the fans want to hear, but at the same time, it's probably a little bit refreshing to hear that the guy in charge or who seemingly will be in charge for the long haul recognizes the kind of dire straits that this team is in. Um, but I think we, if you're looking for building blocks, Owen Tippett is right at the top of the list right now. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. Yeah, Joe, he has 21 goals right now, and it's going to be interesting to see where he finishes. Uh, you know, 25 goals would be a huge, huge achievement for himself and for the Flyers in, in this rebuild of theirs. Uh, another big storyline, Joe, right now is Sean Couturier and Travis Konechny. Will they play again this year? Couturier, of course, has not played in over a year. Konechny has been out for the past 10 or 11 games and uh, with that upper body injury. Both are recovering right now. Both are practicing. They, they're doing so in non-contact. I think there's probably a greater likelihood of Couturier playing some games here to knock off some rust and to feel like he can get some game action in before the offseason. Konechny, we'll see. He said there's no timeline for his own status. But I think a lot of people would debate, Joe, is it important for these guys to play this year? There's nothing to play for in terms of playoff race. Um, and, of course, the team wouldn't mind helping its, its NHL draft lottery odds. Would you like to see these guys play or not? Well, I think I think the, these guys are in two different situations. Um, I'll start with Couturier. He is a big contract, so he also has some value if you see him on the ice. So if the Flyers have any visions of either him being the next captain of this team or him being the top center on the team, I think it'd be refreshing to see him. If the Flyers were to explore trading him, which I'm not saying they've mentioned him in trade rumors, but they've also mentioned that they're probably going to listen on everyone. No team is going to be rushing to the door to trade for him if they haven't seen him on the ice in two years. So I, I think there is a benefit for everything going forward to have him on the ice. Most of all himself. Look what he said last week. It would be two years that I hadn't been playing. I'm not getting any younger. Um, and you can't duplicate the feel of a game, no matter what you're doing in a practice or on a rink by yourself. You just can't do it. So yeah, I think Couturier is the one that I think it would benefit every possible scenario for him to be in a, a, a couple of games this season. For Konechny, I think we saw enough this season. He got injured. And I think there's the, – the NHL is obviously very vague on their injuries. So I don't think we know exactly what the injury was. But for him to be out this long, it's not like it was, you know, a bump. So um, I don't think there's a reason for him to play. We know what play we know the player he is. Now he was having a great year, but we know the kind of player he is. And going forward, I think it's best if he can recover and get his full offseason workout in, come back completely healthy. So to me, I am all in for Couturier to play. And I'm definitely I think it's time to pack it in on Connectney for the season. Um, I just think that's the best way to go. You're not trying to win games here or I mean, a player will tell you they're trying to win games all the time, but you're not playing. You're not trying to win games in the sense that you would 
have a guy play when he's not 100% uh, to prove some kind of point or um, – I, I don't know. I, I don't think Konechny is a guy they would be showcasing. But, again, do you want to showcase a guy if he's not fully healthy? You have enough of him already this season. To, the, there's a showcase out there. People know what he is. People know what kind of player he is and what he's capable of. So, to me, Konechny, there's no benefit to play him, but Couturier for sure. Couturier definitely has something to prove, whereas Konechny probably doesn't have a ton to prove. I mean, already had a great year. Uh, it's a shame it got cut short because he was on pace for career highs across the board. Already has a career high uh, in goals, but was on pace to really shatter everything he had did previously in terms of production. Couturier, um, for me, I just if there's fans out there that say don't play him, I just don't get it. Like, one, for all the reasons that he should be out there in terms of knocking off rust, uh, wanting to get the feel of a game again, know what he needs to do in the offseason. But also, I mean, that's a reason to watch. I mean, I yeah. you haven't seen this guy who's a 200-foot force, just a real fun player to watch play hockey. He hasn't played in over a year. Like, I mean, if he's wearing a jersey again, I'm intrigued. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is it's a back injury that he's coming back from. So if he's not better now, he's not going. it's not going to get better. Yeah. I mean, he's had... I know he had a couple procedures, but if he's not, you want to see, like, you want to test this out. And I'm sure that's part of his motivation. He didn't explicitly say that last week, but you know, a guy that's gone through back, I mean, back injuries and surgeries and those sort of things are always tricky with regular people, not world-class athletes. So, you know, a guy like him, he wants to, he wants to test his own body out on the ice in a game and he if he were to do it this season he gets to do it in the in a a, a non-pressure situation it's not a, where where the flat John Tortorella is not going to ask him to go out there and lead them to victory or you know add a goal a game to their offense or anything like that he can go out there he can play his game he can test out how he feels and that way if he goes into the offseason and he's proven to himself that he can get out there and play in games again, that's a major hurdle before they even get to training camp. And to me, that's a hurdle it is definitely worth taking before you get to that point. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Yeah, it's almost more ideal that they're out of it and not in an actual race to, like, throw Couturier in there. It's these games, again, all for experimentation and and seeing what you have. And a big thing is trying to see what Sean Couturier can do before the offseason. And I just can't really understand fans not wanting to see this guy play again. Uh, if he's out there with a jersey on and taking face-offs and, and playing the game again, uh, I think that's a huge a huge win for the Flyers, for Sean Couturier. And if you're a fan, I just don't see why you wouldn't want to watch that. Uh, for Konechny, uh, I'm a, I have a similar opinion to you, Joe. Uh, I don't think there's a ton to prove. Maybe he wants to get 30 goals. He's sitting at 27 right now. He's never scored 30 in his career, and he's had two years cut short now because uh, of falling short of 30. Uh, his career year, 2019-20, all-star season, 
Uh, he would have scored a 30 if the season finished, but COVID-19 finished that for him. And then this year, tough injury. just had the worst at a terrible time. I will say this, though. Um, I think Konechny has earned the right to add to his season. If he is fully cleared and he has gone through everything they've asked of him and he feels good and he wants to play, I, I don't think you can keep him out of games. I mean, he's had a great year, and I, th- I think he has earned the right to me to add to his year if he wants to get some games. Um, and Tortorella did say if he is completely cleared, it'll be tough to keep him out of the lineup. I understand there's not a ton of purpose to it like it is with Sean Couturier, uh, but I think just given the year that he had and the work he has put in, uh, if he wants to play and he has cleared the play, uh, I think he has earned that right. That's just me. Uh, but I definitely, I think, would be more important to see Sean Couturier rather than Travis Konechny. And here's what, I, what I'll say about both of these guys. And in this way, I think they're similar. The Flyers seem to be open to anything when it comes to listening to offers. Now, if you want to maximize value, if you're going to listen to offers, then maybe you do want to see both of these guys on the ice because – there might be teams out there that go, oh, we're going to make a run at Konechny in the offseason, but they're not going to offer as much as if he scored 35 goals or if he scored 40 goals. They're not going to offer you the same amount that they would when they're offering a player whose season was ended by injury, and you don't exactly know where he is physically. So if you want to maximize that part of it, then it's worth a look for sure. But if if the sole intention is to watch him go out and prove that he's the player you already know he is. I don't think that makes it worth it. It might make it worth it for him. Like you said, for the reasons you said, but again, if you're keeping an open mind with the future, uh, you're, and you want to maximize value, then there's value in both of these guys getting out there and, you know, just put some tape out there. The most recent tape is going to, is going to determine the value. And, uh, there isn't any recent tape on Couturier, and the most recent tape on Konechny is him getting hurt. Uh, great season prior to that, but, you know, it's when you mentioned two two seasons now cut short. So when you're getting into your upper 20s and now injuries have ended two different seasons, you know, you don't want that value to start going this way. And uh, I'm not suggesting it will, but when injuries start to mount i mean you can bet anybody that's looking into him is going to say well he's had two injury i mean it's not like they're just going to gloss over that fact so um that might mean that that's a way that you know you could assign value to him coming back and playing in a couple of games because he goes out there and he lights it up and scores two goals or he plays three four games and scores you know five or six more goals i mean you either know he's back to his self, himself or you have a very valuable chip going into the offseason um, trade-wise. And that goes for both guys. Um, I know Couturier's contract has just started, and it's it's a big contract, but he has so much value to a team. A team that thinks they're right on the doorstep could be very interested in him. So both for their own interests and the potential trade interests, which it seems like everything's on the table, there could be benefits for both guys to come back. Catch all the sports action and more at Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Whether it's the money line or the pass line, there's something for everyone, including a great sports book. 
Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. Philly loves a winner. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Joe, speaking of everything being on the table, John Tortorella has been very honest about the organization needing to subtract before it adds. And that was to be expected. And today, after practice, he he said that bluntly, that uh, this organization's in a spot before it adds, it must subtract. And there's going to be some subtraction. Players that the Flyers deem simply don't you know, fit their plans moving forward. So as we've talked about it probably ad nauseum, a ton of, for these guys to prove, for, for these games to matter, is that guys are playing for jobs, whether it's in this organization or elsewhere. Uh, but I can't say I'm surprised by Tortorella's comments. I think he's very much at a point where he is going to straight up challenge guys to say, hey, you haven't shown me enough, show me something. And if you don't, uh, there's going to be a decision in the summer about your status here moving forward. Um, do you think that's a good approach for the coach to be challenging guys this this honestly and and uh, you know as hard as he is? Well, I do, and and also his quote is a good headline. But when you think about it, in order for them to add because of the cap, they have to subtract first. So it's it's a it's a literal answer as well, in the sense that JVR his money would come off the books. Um, and some other moves they make, you know, to get money off the books because you can't add if you don't have any cap space. So that's that is the literal definition of what he's saying. Secondly, I think we all know he's not happy with every part of this team or else he wouldn't bring it up at least once or twice a week. The whole season he has brought up. Whenever he brings up who's going to be here, he always is careful to say and who's not going to be here. In fact, I've never heard a coach talk about guys that aren't going to be here as much as this coach. So I think he has in in his mind who he doesn't want to be here. Now, there's some salary restrictions that come along with that. If some of the guys are the guys that are making money that have term on their contract, you can't just get rid of them. That's not the way the league works. It's not the way any sport works. So um, I think it's. I do think it's a good challenge for some of the players, but some of the players have contracts that guarantee that they're going to be paid a certain amount of money for a number of years, regardless of where they are. So I'm not sure that it's as much of a challenge as it sounds like when he says it. Um, So it does sound good, but then again, I mean, if he's, if he's talking about Kevin Hayes, for example, Hayes has money and term left on his deal. That is happening regardless. Um, a guy like, I mean, we've seen him not happy with Travis Sanheim. He's in the first year of a long contract. Or does his new contract kicks in next season? Kicks so, in next year, yep. Yeah, so, I mean, those things are in place and you don't just move them. I'm not suggesting that he's moving Sanheim, but what I'm saying is examples of guys that have term and money that you can't just say, okay, that guy's not going to be here. This guy is, it doesn't really work like that. So um, I, I don't think, like I said, I don't think it's as much of a challenge as it sounds like, but for some of the younger players, it absolutely is a challenge because the guys that are playing now, the Foresters, the Lasinskis, I mean, these guys are in no way guaranteed a roster spot. Um, and, uh, you know, every each and every game is a um, could be a future determining shift 
shot, opportunity, game, practice, all, all of that stuff could define or help define their career going forward. So I think it's a huge challenge when you hear a coach talk like that. Absolutely. And you can win over a coach or management in a small sample size. I mean, Tyson Forster's probably case in point. He's played five games and Tortorella has just raved about him. Uh, today, he, the coach even said, I have to temper my expectations with him right now because he's excited about him. He's seen things that he's liked in five games, and Forster's definitely turned it on in the last two games in terms of showing his shot. And, of course, in his first game, diving in front of a shot that would have definitely been a goal, I'm sure, made the coach happy because this coach loves blocked shots more than any coach I think I've ever seen. Oh, so, 100%. He yeah. likes those. You know, he, he understands when a player probably has more of a uh, – like a game that's about offense and skill, but when that when that player shows you some of that grit, yeah, he likes the gritty school. play for yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, right there, Tyson Forster's been here five games, I think a week or something like that, and already he's made a big impression on the coach. So, I think Tortorella is just fueling competition. Yeah, that's what he does. Um, he likes to create some confrontation and some good competition uh, with just blunt honesty. So. Uh, that's what he's doing, and it's it's not surprising because the Flyers are very much in a situation where they're going to think long and hard over the summer about what this team should look like. And it is factual that they have young guys that are going to be pushing for jobs next year. And in order to create room for y- those young players, yeah, there's going to be subtraction, whether it's um, a guy being traded or losing his job, uh, being forced to win his job back. Um, these are all the realities of the Flyers right now, and Tortorella is going to fuel that every way he can. Um, so that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing that they're evaluating everything from top to bottom and seeing where they are. And it's interesting because with this coach, everybody knows his track record, and he's shown it here, Are the, is that the first-line center doesn't get treated differently than the fourth-line winger. And we've seen it this year with this team. We've seen it when John was in Columbus with Cam Atkinson. Scott Hartnell brings up all the time. Cam told us on this podcast about him being the lead goal scorer and getting benched one time. So we know that his reputation is that everybody gets treated the same regardless of being paid. And that's a change from previous Flyers teams because in the 90s and in the 2000s, when even in the early 2010s, when the Flyers would go make a big signing, when they got um, a high-ticket free agent, that guy was going to play. And Ed Snyder was going to make sure that that guy played. And the edict was that guy played. Vinny LeCavalier was one of the worst players, worst forwards on the team. He was in the twilight of his career and was really a liability for this team on a nightly basis almost. And he was playing because he was making money. He was their off-season free agent. Um, you see in Pittsburgh right now, Jeff Carter, who was you know, an aging player. He's in the twilight of his career and he really is really, really struggling. And there's tons of calls for him to be benched in Pittsburgh and he's not being benched. And Ron Hextall is the GM there. And Ron Hextall paid him another contract on top of the one that he gave him when he was with Philadelphia. And you have to think that has something to do with why he's playing, but this coach does not handle things that way. He doesn't handle business that way. Um, if a guy's making bad turnovers, like we saw Kevin Hayes earlier in the season, he's benched. Maybe he's benched a period. Maybe he's benched two periods. Maybe he's benched for a full game. Regardless, that guy's treated the same as the guy that is bouncing in and out of the lineup or up and down from the minors. It doesn't matter 
what the guy's salary is, what his veteran status is, how many years he's played. Everybody gets treated the same. So um, there's not favoritism where there is in other situations and with previous Flyers teams. Yeah. And I think the uh, an important thing Tortorella has to balance right now, and I think he is trying to balance it, is when to be demanding and when to be nurturing. Because you are dealing with a lot of young players, and quite frankly, you don't want to lose guys right now. And th- there is the possibility of when you're consistently like chewing on a player or um, not finding the right balance to strike there, you can lose guys. And I'll say this, I, th- I thought, Going back to when Travis Sanheim was benched in Calgary and the Flyers, I think, pretty much started to slip out of the playoff race. And um, not that they were really in it, but there was still something there to kind of play for. Connecty then gets hurt uh, Then that game in Calgary. I don't know how well received that Sanheim benching was in the locker room. I don't know if it bothers some players. It, it's possibly it's possible that it did. And I think Tortorella started to realize maybe he needed to soften things up a little bit, not be soft, but understand like consistent benchings all the time um, can sometimes rub players the wrong way. It can sometimes impact the locker room. And I think he realized he needed to come to the defense of the team a little bit more. And I think he's done that. Uh, and I'm not saying he's doing it um, in a false way. I think he does believe the team has played hard, but even after that game in New Jersey where they lost seven, nothing Tortorella actually defended his team um, and, and defended it that they're trying and they're, they're going to be learning about, you know, who they are and they, he he said a lot of good things where I think people thought he would rip them and he didn't. So I think Tortorella has got to balance that right now because there's still games to be played and guys um, still need to be motivated and not, not be lost uh, at this point of the season. Well, any former player I've talked to, particularly about the Sanheim benching, the idea that his whole family was there. And then when asked, he said, he's going to keep it between Travis and him, which is fine. But what happens is when you keep it between Travis and him, that has people then form their own opinions about what happened. And what it looks like is a spiteful move to bench him because his family was in town. And I know John said he didn't know his family was there. So that may be the case. But when you don't talk about why he was benched and there really wasn't a specific instance from the previous game where we went, okay, it's that or those two plays or he was a minus four or he was – I think that's why it didn't sit well. And I'm not saying it speaking for any of the players on the current team saying it didn't sit well, but you suggested maybe it did. Maybe it didn't. Any former player I've talked to, which is a few, they were a little miffed by that one because of the family aspect and sort of not really. I think the benchings that have happened this year, pretty much all the other ones you could point to. That's why or these instances are why or these two things are why, or these three bad games are why. I don't think that one had a real specific thing. And it was compounded by the fact that his whole family was there. And I think that's why, if anyone was rubbed the wrong way, that's why. Exactly. And because I think it's easy to sit back from afar and say, oh, Twitter is being hard on these guys. This is awesome. This is what needs to be done. He's pulling, he's doing everything right. I'm not saying he's not. But I still think Tortorella has a lot to prove and also a lot to accomplish here in terms of relationship between player and coach. Um, not only are these games important for the players to prove something, but I think it's important for Tortorella too. And he's not shy about saying that he learns on the job at every right. single job he's had. 
he said that from the fir- very first press conference that all of us listened to him. The the one that he did on um, Zoom from his uh, ha- his place in New York. I mean, this he's not. I'm the coach. I rule over all, and there's no way I can see things any differently. And in fact, he's even brought up several instances this season where he took a step back and looked at things differently. Um, he. I mean, he had a little reflective stuff when he was talking about the Ivan Provorov off the ice situation. Um, he had some reflective stuff about his time in Columbus and New York there. And that's just one example of him saying, like, this happened in my past. I learned from it. So this guy is very open to learning. Um, I think there is definitely this narrative that he's not. Um, but it seems for sure that he is. And, you know, I think there's also this narrative where he, chooses guys he doesn't like and then no matter what they do he won't give them credit for and I think we've seen this year him credit guys that previously he um, was critical of um, and he's kind of come around on them Um, we've heard him up and down on Morgan Frost all year that's a, a, a good example because he's really a guy that is on the borderline of whether he'll be here or not so we've heard him ask bluntly where he's been for the last five games and we've also heard him talk about how he's good. And then we've heard him credit guys who aren't necessarily showing up on the score sheet, but they're in the right spots or they're doing well defensively. Noah Cates is a guy that comes to mind that isn't, you know, he's not lighting it up on the score sheet, but it's rare you'll go two or three games without him praising Noah Cates' responsibility defensively and kind of covering up for other guys' mistakes. And I think that is all about growth as a coach in the situation you're in is recognizing things about your current players and kind of changing and adapting to it. Absolutely. So a, t- a ton to really watch here. Like that's why I think it, this, the situation is pretty fascinating for the flyers given uh, they're going to be adding and changing things in management and the front office. Uh, the roster is going to be changing and Tortorella is in year one of this process that he's looking to build. So there's just different storylines, I think across the board and, uh, it's going to be fun to follow uh, despite the team obviously having nothing to play for in terms of the standings Uh, still plenty of intrigue with this team. And uh, we'll see where it all goes, but we'll definitely have it all covered here, Joe on flyers talk, Joe, thank you so much. Our pre and post game live producer. You can catch the shows before and every single game. And of course, after every single win or loss. And I should mention Ashlyn will be going one-on-one with Owen Tippett before tomorrow night's game. Uh, and that'll be in Flyers pregame live. Love it. Catch that out for sure. A big thank you to Ben Barry, our podcast producer and guru. And Flyers fans, of course, as always, thank you so much for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and listen. And we can't wait to, te- to talk to you next time. 